to welcome us with open arms. So please be seated. And uh, as you're taking a seat, um, if you've know, you seen someone next to you that haven't seen for a while, we have a lot of people back from college, which is awesome. Just, just say hi, just to, you know, greet each other. Yeah, and also take out your Bibles if you have. If you have physical copy, digital copy, there might be one in front of you. Just pull it out. Yeah. All right. Okay. Everything good? Okay. All right. Let's pull out that. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, just to help me get to know you guys a little better, um, some of you guys are new and all that. Uh, just a show of hands, who's married here? Who's married? Just a show of hands. Yeah? Okay. Uh, h- how long have you been married for? 32 years? Is that, is that right? Okay. I, uh, that's my dad and my mom, by the way. So I, I, I'm just, you know, quite a long time. Okay. All right. Uh, how, about, how, about, uh, how about Don? How long have you been married for? 21 years. Wow, awesome, awesome. And anyone, anyone else married here? Yeah? Right. Oh, yeah, Betty, how long have you been married for? Oh, you forgot. It's been, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah, so we got married people here. Uh, anyone um, not married but in a relationship right now? With Jesus. Oh, all right. Yeah! Okay. I saw that post. Yeah, I saw that post. Okay. All right, got some people in relationships here, yeah? Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, okay, someone not in a relationship, but you're interested in someone. Interested in someone? Some people are wondering if they are interested. They're like, am I? Yeah. Some people are looking at each other like, you are. Okay, um, Okay. anyone who just doesn't want to get into that stuff, like, I don't want to date, I don't, I'm not interested in that kind of stuff, I'm... I'm totally content right now with, 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 with all that. Yeah? Yeah, I'm just okay. Okay, yeah, we got, maybe we got some people there like that. Okay, so um, being single, it's, it's a wonderful life, okay? It's great. So what I mean by single is you're not married yet. So if you're like filling out forms and all that, and it says if you're single, it means you're not married, okay? And uh, so, yeah, so being single, so I'm still single, right? I'm dating, but I'm still single. I'm not married. So you guys might be wondering, okay, he's not... He's not um, He's not married yet, so how much can you say about this dating process? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to take a break from the book of Acts, and we're going to talk a little about dating and marriage. And I'm really happy uh, that somehow this was able to land on this day, because we have a lot of people from college are back who might be wondering about those things. So, um, yes, you're right. I haven't uh, completed the dating process. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still navigating. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's kind of interesting. I can maybe share a little from my perspective of where I'm at and all of this. So uh, I went to a seminar last year, uh, and this guy there named Brian, he gave a really great talk on this. So a lot of stuff that I'm going to share today is from what I learned from there, and it's really changed my life and my perspective on all of these things. So first off, marriage, it presents a lot of challenges, okay? A lot of challenges, a lot of issues, a lot of problems, um, you, maybe you can talk to the married people here. They probably know a lot of that. Uh, I've heard that it's probably one of the most uh, difficult things that anyone can do is, is to be in a marriage. Okay? One of the most difficult things. Um, as, as a single, you have uh, more freedom financially. Right? You can decide how you want to spend your money. You, know, you, need, you don't really need to consult with someone else. Yeah? Um, like, you know, for me, I'm, if I want to get married, then I need to start saving, right? So then my girlfriend is going to start asking me, like, oh, you know, like, are you thinking about saving? And, and if I want to spend money on this, she might be wondering, okay, well, do you really need that? Or is that just a want because we need to plan for our future and all that? So uh, you also have more time, right? You have a lot more time on your hands. Uh, you don't need to plan out different dates or you don't need to set time like aside for a certain person, it's a, if, if maybe one of you, uh, the other person needs your time, then, then you need to like, uh, it's, you know, it's a responsibility and you, it should be your joy to help out and all that. You don't have a lot of obligations, right, to do certain things. Uh, you know, when Valentine comes up or anniversaries, like you don't, definitely don't want to miss and forget anniversaries, right, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, you don't have children, so uh, children, they change everything, right? That, that's what I hear from a lot of people is once they have children, their life completely changes and it's hard for them to even imagine uh, what their life was like before they got married, uh, before they had children, because it just like, the whole schedule just changed, right? 
just completely changed. Like I was, I was watching a TV show with my girlfriend, and man, like not being able to sleep the whole night because you have to keep waking up, you know, to like just like take care of your kids. Like I can't imagine that. It's just crazy. But yeah, but most people who are single, um, most people they want to get married at some point in their life, right? At some point, and the journey from being single to being married it can be confusing. It can be daunting. It can be frustrating. It could be very depressing sometimes. And then we go through each day uh, wondering whether we're actually going to get married. And this journey that a lot of people go through is kind of like a landmine. You, uh, you try to initiate, and it just, you know, like, what just happened there? Or you just kind of sit back, and you just kind of pray, like, God, you know, bring that person into my life, and you kind of don't do anything, and, then you're, and you wonder, well, how come nothing's happened? Um, and, and all you know is that you need to get from point A to point B. People at church, maybe they're not, they don't really tell you. Maybe your parents don't really tell you that much. It's just like, you're, you're not married, and at some point in your life, you get married. And, you know, just, just everyone just kind of figures it out. So um, maybe you're, you're trying to wonder, how can you get some movement in your life? Okay. This talk isn't going to guarantee that you're going to get married or you're going to start dating. There's no guarantee for that. But I believe that what we're going to talk about today is really going to change your perspective on dating, on marriage, and a lot more things. It's going to, it's going to help you to see God and uh, the gospel in a new way, hopefully. So a famous pastor once said this. He said that statistically we know that the majority of you will be married within a relatively short period of time. Okay, so this might be good news for some of you guys. Uh, but also statistically we also know that unless you do something differently than what's being done right now, no more than half of you will stay married. When I, when I saw this, I was like, I, I was shook. I was, I was like, what? Like, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. So what we see here is that getting married is not the hard thing. There's always going to be someone out there who's desperate. You, you, can, you can go on Tinder, you can go OkCupid, okay Coffee Meets, Bagel, eHarmony, Christian Mingle, like all those different things on, on ways you could, you could like uh, meet people. But rather, getting married and having a good, successful, long-lasting marriage, you know, that's the goal here, okay? That's the goal. And the reason is that if you approach dating and marriage the way that this world does, and a lot of people, like maybe your, your friends or, or people that you know, um, the way that the media tells us how, how it's supposed to all work out, if we follow those things, then like those people in the statistics here, we're going to fail. Because the world is always, it's constantly feeding us these lies. These lies that about what? About identity, about worth, about value, right? About marriage. And I'm going to share with you guys two Bible passages I think that really tell us something about dating and marriage. It might not on, on the, on, you know, uh, at, at the moment, but we're going to talk a little about it. So it says uh, here first, in John 8, right, 31 to 32, it says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All right, so knowing the truth, okay, abiding in his word, re- remaining in his word. Right, Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Right, so don't be conformed to this world. Right, as, as disciples of Jesus are supposed to be different, okay? And, you, and your mind is renewed, it's transformed right, by this truth. So this is how we're going to be approaching these two topics. So however old you are, in middle school, uh, high school, college, if you're a working professional, if, if you've been married already, um, our worldview is shaped by, by certain things, okay? And that's what we need to really fix today. The, lie, the lies of this world, it puts us in bondage. But what we need is this truth of God that can really transform the way we think, the way we view things, and that ultimately is going to help us. So the author of When Sinners Say I Do, it's a, it's a book it's written by Dave Harvey. Um, he, uh, he gives this, he writes this in his book. It says this, Everybody views life from a perspective. Right? What some call a worldview, this is what uh, the youth and and we've been learning on Saturday nights, worldview, right? There's atheism, you know, there's pluralism, there's scientism, and um, all, the, all these things. 
So worldview is shaped by many things, our culture, our gender, our upbringing, our present situation, etc. The most profound thing that shapes anybody's worldview is their understanding of God. Or what a person thinks about God determines what, she, what he or thinks about how we got here, what our ultimate meaning is, and what happens after we die. So essentially, our worldview, our perspective on life is determined by our perspective on God. And when we talk about theology, all we are talking about is what we think about God. Right, what you truly believe about God and what it means to live for God is your theology. Right, in other words, theologians aren't just really smart old guys in seminaries or really smart dead guys in cemeteries. Right? You're a theologian too. So many times when we talk about dating or marriage, we don't start at the right place. We always start by asking what kind of qualities, you know, looking for in a person, right? How tall you want the person to be, um, what skills you want the person to have, right? What job they, they, they have, or what's their financial situation, what's their family background? We might start with these things. What's, what college do they go to? Or you want to uh, ask, oh, how can I go out and meet people? I, I, I don't, I don't, there's no one here around me. You know, how can I go and meet more new people? Or how do you have conversations? How do you start those conversations and not be like all awkward and stuff? But where we should be starting is somewhere much more fundamental. Your, fun, your understanding of God. Right? Your perspective on God. Your theology on God. Even an atheist has a theology. How so? An atheist believes that God doesn't exist. There is no God. That's their theology. And that's going to affect how they approach life. So my goal here is to help us think and do things differently. My goal is to help us examine the truth by the Bible and to really be transformed by it right, through the Holy Spirit. That the way we think about God, the way we think about life is going to be changed. And ultimately our view on dating and marriage too. Right, so the big question we need to ask is, before we do like, things, if, if we were to do a lot of things, like even if you're in your workplaces and in your schools and stuff like that, maybe you want to ask the question, why? Why? So a lot of people, they, when they're younger, they, they ask a lot of questions. Why? Like, why is the sky blue? You know, uh, why do I need to wear clothes outside? You know, that's some, 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 someone told me that. Like, their children ask them, oh, why do I wear clothes outside? You know, why do I need to eat my vegetables? Or why, can't, uh, why can't I stay up late? But we stop asking those questions. But I think that that's really important is that we need to ask these questions. So we need to ask, why am I doing this? What is my purpose in doing what I'm doing? So I, I want to ask you, why do you, if you're single, if you're not married, uh, maybe if you're not in a relationship yet, or maybe you are in a relationship already, but why do you want to date? Why do you want to date? One of the top reasons that people have is, in our culture is companionship. So you, just, you, you want to be with someone. You want someone with you. Right? If, when you go to the movies, you don't want to go alone. Right? You want to have someone with you. When, you, when, uh, when, when, you're, you know, when you're doing stuff together, you want someone with you. Um, and you know, two, two is better than one. Two is better than one. So we've been going through a lot, we've been talking a lot about dating and, and using the word dating and uh, dates. So I'm going to give us a working definition right now of what dating is. So this is, this is my view, my personal view, okay? So the process in which a guy and girl spends time exclusively in order to get to know each other to evaluate whether there's potential for marriage, okay? So I know there's a lot of debate in the past, or even maybe it's right now, about courtship and dating. Right, courtship and dating. So... Uh, courtship, uh, I mean, in the past, like, people, people might have viewed courtship as a, one of the extremes where it's like, uh, you need to be like, you need to like marry this person if you're going to be interested in that person, you know? It's like, well, how can I know if I'm going to be interested in that person until I, you know, date? So, like, there's kind of that, that pressure of, like, overcommitting before you even, like, get to know each other. At the same time, um, dating shouldn't just be, like, fooling around, you know, like, playing around with people's hearts and stuff like that without any intentions. So I believe that out of those two extremes, there's a middle ground that we find here. So the purpose of dating is, is to kind of evaluate, spend some time together to see if there's potential for marriage. Then the question becomes, why 
do I want to get married? Why do you want to get married? This, this, this question is going to uh, affect how you, uh, how, how, how you answer these questions, these four questions. Um, who you date, how you date, when you date, and what your marriage is going to look like after you get married. It's going to affect all these things. And some of the, the most common answers we have, like I talk about, is companionship, right? You know, when you're sad, there's someone else to pick you up. And when you're down, there's someone there for you. And when you, you can help each other out, like, uh, like if you have, once you have kids, you can have someone who take care of the kids. You know, you, have, you guys can spread things out, right? Like, you take a rest, I'll wash a kid, or, or I'll pick up the kid, and all these things like that, right? You guys can help each other out. There's companionship. Maybe finance as, as well, right? You, put, you pull together finances, you can do a lot more things. You could buy a house, or, uh, all, you know, you could start a business or whatnot. Or you could have social status, so uh, you don't want to be left behind. Everyone around me is, is uh, dating or getting married, so I need to as well. I don't want to feel left out. You know, that's just, it, it's a social thing. And then and we get pressured by that, and when we get pressured, we make bad decisions. But there's also time. So maybe you're in that area where you're like, well, it's just, it's just time. You know, um, when we're younger, we really have like a set schedule in life. We go to school, right? We go to elementary, uh, you know, kindergarten and preschool, and then, you know, middle, uh, you know, middle school, high school, college, and then we get a job, and then, you know, after a while, you know, parents might be asking, you know, like, are you, are you going to get married? Or maybe you might have some relatives that start asking, or all these things, and you just feel like, oh, it's just, it's time, so I guess I should start looking for someone. And what we need to realize is that no one is born married. We all live a period of time as singles. Right, so right here, so there's going to be a graph, okay, or like a little, little diagram here. So this is just approximate. You know, people get married earlier or later, but it's just approximate. So for a period of time, everyone is single. Yeah? Maybe, and then maybe um, later on we get married. You get married for a period of time, like maybe you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Don't know. But a period of time, in the middle, we get married. And then usually one spouse uh, passes away before the other. You, not in every case, usually. And then, then there's one spouse that lives as a widow for a period of time, right? Until they pass away too. So we see that afterwards, right? The spouse still has a life, right? You have life before, you have a life after. So there must be something grander, something bigger to, uh, in, in life about life that marriage fits into. If you want to put marriage in the middle, spending 40, 50 years of your life, then you need to really ask then, what is the purpose of your life? What is the purpose of your life if marriage is only a segment of that, a part of that? Because if you don't understand the purpose of your life and you put marriage right in the middle of that, you could potentially ruin your life. Because when you get married... You're making a commitment to that person to be with that person for the rest of your life, to commit to that person as long as you live. And if your purpose in life is different than your partner's, then you're going to have a really tough life. Your marriage is going to be really difficult. For example, if your purpose in life is to achieve goals, if you're like a, a really uh, uh, go-getter type, if you're a, like adventurous, maybe you want to win a gold medal, that's your purpose in life. You want to win a gold medal in Olympics. Or maybe you want to start, a, 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 you know, do a startup. Or maybe you want to, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, get a lot of degrees and, and do all these things. I mean, you want to travel the world. Or what if, what if you're the type of person that, you know, just wants to live a very stable, uh, safe life, risk, you know, risk-free or, or less risk um, comfortable life, mediocre, but still good. Right? You, you, don't, you don't want to go and, and do like all those adventurous things. Right? Then, then if that's your life, then you don't want to, to maybe marry uh, someone who's like working like 80 hours a week or something. You know, they're never home and they're always gone. Or maybe you don't want to marry someone who's just um, always, always like, hey, we need to take risks, like, you know, uh, you know big risks, big rewards and all that. And that's going to affect how your finances and, and, and things like that. So you're going to want to find someone like you. So before we approach marriage, we need to ask ourselves what the purpose 
of our life is. And that is going to provide answers to who you date, how you date, when you date, and how your marriage is going to be after you get married. So maybe you don't know what the purpose of your life is. You don't know. You just go with the flow. Just do what everyone else does. Do what your parents tell you. Do what your friends tell you. Do what the world tells you to do. You don't know. And if you get married to someone with different purpose in life, then your, marriage, then your life is going to be really difficult. It might be miserable. It might be very unfulfilling. It might be. So the questions to ask right now is not uh, why date, not why get married, but then it's what is the purpose of your life? And that's what I'm going to really try to get to today. And then this in turn is going to really answer your questions, hopefully. And this is going to give you some guys some questions to really think about, to ponder about, to wrestle with. So I'm going to ask you guys another question now. And the answer to this question is going to answer your theology, what you believe about God. The question is this, okay. Oh, I don't have it up here. My bad. The question is this. Why did Jesus die to save you? That's the question. Okay. Why did Jesus die to save you? So you might be wondering, like, oh, this is like a curveball. Where is this coming from? But think about it. Why did Jesus die to save you, okay? And this is going to answer our questions. This is going to answer important questions. So maybe you've, you've, uh, you've heard this answer being told this way, maybe in, in VBS, in Sunday school, uh, maybe in churches, maybe by your parents or uh, you know, different things, maybe on the radio or TV shows. Maybe you've heard it this way. You've heard, um, I'm a sinner, and I need Jesus, God saved, sent Jesus down to, to die for my sins, to save me, so that I won't go to hell, but I can go to heaven. Yeah, maybe you heard it this way. Anyone heard it this way? Yeah? Yeah? That sounds, that sounds good, right? Sounds good? No? Yeah? Yeah, and that sounds good. You know, I've heard stories of um, pastors uh, really trying to like intimidate and scare kids and make them like almost poop their pants when they talk about hell. So it's like, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? Like kids are like, hey, I want to go to heaven, right? So, so heaven sounds pretty good. And then we've been told, you pray the prayer and you go to get to heaven. You get to go to heaven. And that sounds great. There's no risk involved. Nothing. So what do you have to lose, right? As a, little, as a kid, uh, yeah, you, just, you just put your hand up. So this is what I believe growing up. Um, I got baptized in first grade. And then that was kind of it. That was kind of it, honestly. I just knew that I'm going to heaven. But I'm not there yet. I still have a life to live. So this, this, this view of the gospel, it left me with a big what now? What do I do from now until then? If heaven is later the event, then what now? So I came up with my own answer. It's essentially uh, be a good person. Um, don't cause any trouble. Right? Don't, like, don't go to jail or something that's going to like, really like, mess up my family. and all. You know, just, just don't go to jail. Be a good person. I'll live a good life. Have fun. And then when my time comes and God comes to take me to heaven, then I go to heaven. And I think this is how it is for a lot of Christians around the world. Or a lot of people who call themselves Christians. This is what I thought all the way until college, okay? For like good, I don't know, like, like almost 15 years. This is how I thought. That Jesus died to save me so I didn't have to go to hell and I could go to heaven. So if the purpose of, G- of salvation is Jesus dying so that we don't have to go to hell, I'm telling you, you're going to lack purpose in going to church. You're going to lack purpose in uh, reading your Bible and sharing the gospel. You're going to lack purpose in all of that, in, in, in wanting to build character. And you're going to even lack purpose in getting married. You're going to lack purpose in your life. But what if, what if Jesus dying to save us was something more than that? Was something more than just escaping hell? And what if the main purpose of salvation 
Or the big deal about the gospel is not even like, escaping hell. What if there was a more magnificent purpose than just going to heaven? Right? Going to heaven where there's no suffering, right? no more tears, no more pain, no more disease, no more heartbreak, right? where we get golden streets and fruit trees? It was more than that. What if there was a profound purpose behind our salvation? Or what if there was something grander behind something bigger that impacts not only eternity, but also the present? Something that impacts your life here and now. And because if there is something like that, it's going to affect the way you live life right now, your purpose, your values, what you care about, right? your goals in life, and dating and marriage. So 2 Corinthians says this. It says, For the love of Christ controls us, or some translation says compels us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So I believe that this passage here it really encapsulates what the purpose of our salvation is. And it's twofold here. Twofold. It's two. One. No longer live for themselves, right? But right. Uh, but but for him who there's oh yeah, so he basically no longer live for themselves. And, and, and basically what you're doing is you're, then you're in turn living for God, right? Not for themselves, but for Him. Right? Living for Christ. So it's twofold here. Right? He died for what? He died so that we wouldn't live for ourselves, but for Him. So let's back up a little now to Genesis. Okay, all the way back into the way beginning when God created everything. God created Adam and Eve, right? In chapter 1, chapter 2, we get that God created and in, the, in this Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they had everything. Okay, it, was a, it was a paradise. It was a reality. In this garden, they had everything provided for. They were safe. They, they never had a, had a need. And they knew God. God knew them. But then, you know, Eve was tempted by the devil to say, Hey, you know, there's this tree that you don't, that, 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 that uh, there's this tree, you know, and it's, the fruit is good. You should eat from it. And Eve's like, no, I'm, I'm not really supposed to. And it's like, you know, why? You know, and then Satan planted this lie in her, to, to, and, and she began to believe this lie, it's saying that God wasn't good. God, would, God was keeping something from her. God was hiding something from her. And if she ate from this tree, then she would become like God. That Then she would know. So then Eve began to think, okay, my life will be better if I took the fruit than if I didn't take the fruit. So in her had this desire that she wanted to live life for herself, live life her way. And the whole time this is happening, Adam's right there too. So she took it and she gave it to Adam too and they both ate it. And in that moment they decided to what? To live for themselves to decide for themselves what is right or wrong. They decide for themselves what is okay and not okay, what is fun and what's not fun. They decide how they want to live. And this is how it, how it has been since then. Everyone, as you read in, in, the, in the early Genesis, it's like, and, and even in the, you know, in the early Old Testament, um, you know, people lived for themselves. People did what was right in their own eyes. And because they did that, they ruined their lives. And... The Old Testament is actually really dark sometimes. Really dark. And you see a bunch of people living for themselves. So back to the question, why did Jesus die to save us? If it's more than just escaping hell, then the only way in which we could find meaning and purpose in life is to come back in a right relationship with God. What Adam and Eve had before they fell. Right, to know him and to live for him. So you might feel like this is a huge burden. Like, why would I um, give myself more rules and obligations and all that? Why would I do that to myself? I'm telling you, being in a right relationship with God, that is going to bring you the, uh, a real joy, okay? Real joy. Joy that lasts. This is what's going to bring you real joy. 
Right, for the longest time, we've been told that we need to live for ourselves. We need to, we need to strive for, for what we want to do and all that. We want to find fulfillment for life ourselves in our way. There's, our culture tells all of that, right, about ways you can, you, can, you can live for yourself. But the gospel tells us something very different. It tells that we are doing it wrong if we do it that way. But rather, what we need to do is that we need to stop living for ourselves and we need to live for God. And that is when we truly experience life. So the question becomes, if the purpose of life is to live for God, then why get married? Why get married? Why commit to someone for 30, 40, 50 years in the middle of your life? Why do that? Because can't you live for God um, being single? Can't you live for God being single? Of course you can. Absolutely. You can, you can please God. You can honor God. You can know who God is. Right? Being single doesn't make you a lower tier Christian. And some people feel that way. They're like, oh, I'm not married, so like, oh, I, I'm, I, I'm not allowed in this group, or like, I can't do certain things, or people are always like, looking down on me and all that. That's not, that, 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 that shouldn't happen. That's not true. You can still live for God. Of course you can. So in that sense, it doesn't really matter where you, whether you are single or married. However, okay, however, marriage, people who are married, they do experience God in a, in, a, in a different way than how people can experience God. In, in some aspect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain a little about uh, how that works. So married people can experience God in a certain way that single people can't. The marriage relationship is different than uh, any other relationship that we can have. So think about um, parents and children. Uh, parents, uh, usually they don't, cho- they don't choose their children, right? Like, any, any parent here, you guys are like, I, I, I want to choose my child. Okay? We're not talking about adoption here, though. Okay? Adoption is kind of like a different thing. But yeah, any, any parent here were like, yeah, no, no. Okay, if you did, maybe now is a good time to tell your child they're adopted or something. I don't know. Okay, but okay, so okay, so so yeah, most people, most parents like they don't get to choose their children, and and children you don't get to choose their parents. I didn't get to choose my parents. Like, even in adoption, kids don't really get to choose their parents, right? So that's different. Think about uh, relationships between boss and uh, employees and 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 employers. All right, bosses they can fire at any time. Employees you can you can quit your job. You know, just you just put in like two weeks notice, right? And then that, that relationship's kind of over. Or maybe you can keep it going, right? But you're not obligated to do anything about that. Think about friendships. Some of you guys are friends here, right? Close friends and all that. You grew up together. Maybe, some, maybe you say one wrong thing, you do one, one bad thing. Maybe that relationship could be, could be over. It could be severed. Unfollowed, right? Unfriended on, on social media or whatnot. Blocked, right? You don't, you don't want to hang out together or you don't want to go if that person's going to be in that group, right? These relationships, it can just end. Boom. But in a marriage, what you do is you make a covenant. Okay, a covenant is a commitment. It's a promise. It's a promise saying what? Saying that I'm going to love you forever. I'm going to be with you as long as I live. It's a vowel that we hear during marriages. We say, um, right, for better or worse, for richer or poor, in sickness and in health, right, till death uh, do, a, do, us, uh, do us part. I'm going to love you. And only in marriage do you make such a lifelong commitment to love each other. That's why it is so different. And what does the Bible say about this covenant, though, about marriage? I'm going to go to Ephesians, and it has a really great verse, um, really, really great verses about what marriage is supposed to look like, what it is. So it says, you can open up your Bibles too if you want to check it out for yourself. Ephesians 5, okay? Ephesians 5. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy 
and without blemish. Right? In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his uh, wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So what this passage tells us, it tells us a lot of things, but I want to kind of focus on a few things. Is this. The husband and wife relationship is modeled after what? Is modeled after what? Any, 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 any guesses? Yeah, I, I'm hearing Jesus or church. What? Yeah? Yeah, so Christ and the church, right. This marriage relationship between man and woman is modeled after Christ and the church. So the church is the body of believers, okay, not just here, but in the entire world, okay, all believers in the past, present, and future, you know, they are considered part of the body of Christ. And what we see is that one day we will be reunited with Jesus. Oh, sorry. There's also the spiritual truth. Oh, maybe, I, maybe I pressed the button on accident. My bad. My bad. So there's also the spiritual truth of what? That, that just like man and woman come together, Christ and the church, they have this commitment to each other. Okay? Just like man and woman have a commitment to each other, Christ and the church also have a commitment to each other. And Marshall Siegel says this. Says this. On this side of heaven... We are all not yet married. Every wedding day is a small and inadequate picture of a wedding day to come when we are given again forever to our Savior and King. On that day we will sing, Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. God made our marriage to be a movie posters of a marriage to come. The way we love a husband or wife, as imperfectly as we will love him or her, says a lot about the kind of love God has for us. But it will be nothing compared to the real thing, an eternity of peace, love, and joy purchased for us by a bridegroom at the cross. Or one day we'll get to meet him face to face, and this will be the greatest family reunion of all time, the wedding to end all weddings. Or when God with open arms receives broken us, made beautiful by the blood of Jesus. Or we will all be married, and that marriage should shape every other desire and longing we will have in this life. You see, the earthly marriage is a sample of something to come. It's a sample of this ultimate real marriage that we will all participate in, whether we are single or married on earth. Our marriage it gives us a foretaste of what Christians will experience in eternity. Because what we're, we're thinking about, okay, yes, we get to go to heaven, there's this eternity, but what about now, right? So what does marriage do now, in the present? It gives us a foretaste, a sample. So, um, on Friday, I watched the trailer for Stranger Things 3, uh, you know, the third season that's coming out. I don't know how many guys watched that, but I, I think it's, it's a pretty great TV show, um, Stranger Things. And um, when the actual season comes out, I think it comes out in July, I believe. July, and then, you know, it might take a few weeks to come out, for the whole thing to come out. So once the whole thing comes out, I'm not going to be watching the trailer again. Like, so, for example, when, when Endgame comes out, 
in the movie theaters next month, how like you're not going to be going and watching the trailer after you see the you see the movie, right? You're just going to watch the movie. Like trailers are are there for you to watch like ten times before the actual movie comes out. But once the actual movie comes out, you don't go back and watch the trailer. The trailer is nice because you know it gives you like a sneak peek. You get to see kind of who who's going to be there. You get to maybe see a little of the plot, and you can try and like guess and all that. It's it's, it's nice. It's a little satisfying. But it's not the whole picture. And this is what marriage on earth is meant to be. It's like a trailer. It's like a, it's like a small snippet, a trailer of eternity with God. Right? In marriage, you promise, you make a covenant right, to love and be with each other as, as long as you live, right? despite your failings and your shortcomings and your sins. And despite all of that, you embrace one another. Like in dating with my girlfriend, I, this is all things I've had to learn, and I'm still learning, is, is all these different ways in which I, I, I can hurt her, or I've hurt her, why, why I've been inconsiderate or uh, insensitive right, to how she feels. I, uh, it, like, I think a month ago, you know, she, got, she got in a car accident, and um, she like, called me, and I, I rushed over, and then I saw the accident happening there, and immediately my mind was like, okay, we need to get insurance fixed out. So we need to start taking photos. We need to talk to all the people involved. We need to get their contact information. We need to call our insurance, the insurance, and we need to talk to them, report everything that happened. So in my mind, I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. I need, we need to do all these things to get this all sorted out so that you can get um, your, you know, your insurance money and you can get your car fixed and then you can buy your car so that everything will be okay. So that, that, that's how all my, all my mind was, you know, was going that way. But during that time, she was like dazed. She just got in an accident. You know, her car was totaled. So she's in, in an accident. She's like, just kind of like, 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 just out of it, I'm, I'm like, yo, snap out of it. We have work to do. You know, and, it, you know, like, and, and she was like, wow, why are you being so insensitive? Why can't you understand what I'm going through right now? Like, just help me. Can't you, can't you, can't you like, like, I mean, yes, I was trying to help her, but it wasn't in the way in which she wanted to be helped, you know? Like, she needed time. And I was just like, we're going to do this. So, and there's a lot of other things that happen, you know, like ways in which I spend my money. If, if, I, if I spend money on like a video game or something like that, she's going to be like, but what about our marriage? Aren't you going to save for our marriage? I'm like, yeah, but you know, I, I kind of want to enjoy some stuff too. Or like, it happens all, all different ways. Like, I need to really plan out my time. So I need to really decide, if, if I'm going to spend time doing this right now, then that means it takes time from something else. Right? There's always that, that exchange. And, and if I want to spend time with her, and if I want to really like, like be all there when I'm with her, then that means I need to get my work done on another time. Because right? she hates it when I'm, when I'm there and I'm not really focused. Like if, if, and you know, like, I, I've never kept more reminders on my phone than I have uh, since this relationship. Because why do I have these reminders? It's because it's usually something I need to do or I need to remember, okay? If I don't remember, then, then to her, it's, it's like I didn't care. Because if I don't, if I don't do what I promise to do, like if, if I if I need to bring something for her, or if I if um, or if I need to like uh, call something or, or do something, um, or I need to go buy something, then I need to go and do it. If I don't remember, then it's like I didn't even care, or or it makes me her wonder was I even listening? And then if I wasn't even listening, then that's going to she's like, then why did I even say all of that? Why did I spend all that time sharing this with you or talking to this with you, right? So there's all these things that like I I needed to learn, you know, and um, it's been a journey. It's been it's been difficult, but I think it's you know it's making both of us better, and and also there's you know there's things about her that you know I embrace. So this is kind of the covenant that we have with Christ, right? It's this covenant that Christ doesn't forsake us, and marriage gives us a glimpse into this relationship. Right, no matter what we do, God still loves us. Right? It doesn't matter how, what all the sins that you've done in the past or the present or that you will do, you are a child of God. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ and you've decided to follow him, then you, this, is your, this is the promise that God gives to you that God is going to be with you. God will forgive you if you repent, if you confess your sins. Right, this is the relationship. It's, 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 it's this awesome covenant that God has with us. So John Piper says this, okay? Uh, marriage 
is momentary. Marriage is momentary. In those romantic TV shows where uh, you, you, know, you see these two people, they fall in love, and it's just so easy, right? That's why it's called falling in love. It's just so easy. And, they, and, and, and you know, they promise to love each other uh, forever. Right? Forever I'm going to love you. You're going to be the only one for me. And it gets all mushy, right? All lovey-dovey and stuff. But marriage was never meant to be a forever thing. Remember the graph that we, um, the, the diagram we looked at? Marriage is just a part. Marriage wasn't supposed to be meant to be a forever thing. And you might be wondering, like, what? Like, hold on, hold on. Marriage only happens in this life, right? Earthly marriage. In Mark 12, the Sadducees they came to test Jesus, and they were like, Jesus, you know, if this woman um, married someone, and then and then and then her husband died. And then, then, then she marries the brother of that husband, and that person dies. And that happens you know, until she's like, you know, gone through seven of, of brothers. Because uh, that was a question back then, right? Um, then uh, in heaven, who is she going to be married to? Is she going to be married to all seven? How does that work? You, know, you start to wonder, like, whoa, that's, that's really weird. Like, why is the Bible talking about this kind of stuff? But yeah, who's that, that woman going to be married to in heaven? And what Jesus says is this, is that, there's going to be no marriage between, you know, people in heaven. Marriage just doesn't go on, it's not going to exist. Right? Marriage, it ends when a person passes away. Of course, you know, there's a divorce and all that stuff. So that's, that's another topic that we can really dive into. Uh, maybe you guys, we can talk about that in Sunday school or something. But yeah, there, what about divorce, right? What about, what about remarriage? Right, but what we see here is that marriage is supposed to end at some point. And it's kind of sad because you, you kind of, I kind of look at my parents, and I'm like, one day they're not going to be married anymore. Right, I, see, I, see, I know people who are married here, one day they're not going to be married anymore. And it's, kind of, it's like a sad thing. It's like, oh, I don't wish that upon them. Of course not. But it's kind of like, if the Bible says that that's going to happen, then, oh, okay, well, Why? Why? And it all seems kind of anticlimactic, right? Anti-romantic, isn't it? Like, think about you, you, people who are in relationships right now. You know, think about all the things that, that you've gone through. People who are married, all the things you've gone through. Right? All the efforts that you've put, all the, all the things that you've done together. And in, and in the end, it's just like, you're, 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 you're not going to be married anymore? Like, what? Like, Why? But marriage was designed this special way. And you might be wondering, special? Like, that sounds terrible. Okay, it was designed this special way, and I'll tell you why it's special. It's because in light of eternity, life is really short. 75, 85 years, 85 years, 100 years, it's, it's really short compared to eternity. Like, how do you even compare that, right? It's like, pff, nothing. Life is really short here. And what you're essentially saying to your future spouse is that although we will have eternity with God, where we, can experience, where, where, where we have this covenant, we can experience this eternity with God, where we can experience ultimate marriage, what marriage points to, but while we are here on earth, I want to experience marriage with you. While I'm on earth, while we are on earth, I want to experience this marriage with you. If you can only experience earthly marriage once, okay, that's not the case for everyone, but if you can only experience marriage once in life, you're saying to that person, I'm choosing to experience that with you. Think about all the billions of people out in this world. We have, what, like, over 7 billion, but of course, like, not all, everyone can, is, you know, at a marriageable, like, age or, or timing and all that. So think about the billions of people out there, though, that you could potentially meet, that you could potentially get married to, but out of those billions, you're saying to that person, I want to be with you. 
And that's romantic, I think. That's romantic right there. And that's special. This is ideally how God designed marriage. It's ideally. And my hope is that today, since we're running out of time, is that today, we, that, that you would have some food for thought, that you would think about what is the purpose of, why my, uh, of my life. Why do I want to get married? Why do I want to date? How does all that fit into my life? Examine those questions. That's going to really answer like, who you date, how you date, when you date, and how your major is going to be after you get married. It's going to answer those important questions. Now, I want you guys to ask, why? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Some of you guys are interested in people. Some of you, guys are, some of you are already dating. Some of you guys have been married for a while. Really think about that, because that's going to really impact your life. Think about as a believer, I'm supposed to be living, stop living for myself and start living for God. How does that impact my life? So um, we don't have a lot of time left, so um, I just want to, uh, we're just going to transition into a, um, a time of offering, and then we're going to sing, uh, we'll probably skip the last song today because we don't have enough time. Um, but yeah, uh, if Elder Jerry could... Uh, bring around the, the offering bag, and I'm just going to close us with a, a word of prayer. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you for creating us, or right, in your image, people who have worth because of you. Our value comes from you. We are uh, we are precious in your sight, and you've given us you've given us um, something amazing called marriage, something um, a covenant that helps us to, to give a glimpse of what it is to be with you in eternity. That, that, that life here on earth, it matters what we do. Thank you for this gospel through Jesus Christ. For we know that we can come before you, that despite our failings, our, our sins, our shortcomings, that we have a God who loves us and who wants to be with us. Or and I want to ask that through this truth in the Bible, that you would continue to renew our minds, that you would transform us, that you would really change the way we think and we, that we perceive things. Lord, help us, Lord, to see your truth and to live a life that, that will give us joy, to live a life that is in your will. Help us to honor you and please you in our lives every day throughout the week and that we would come to you regardless of whether we, we were able to... to to obey or, or, or we failed or we can come to you with all these things. We can approach your throne of grace. Lord, thank you so much and Lord, we ask that you would um, empower us with your spirit. Give us opportunities to be witnesses in our schools, in our workplace, in our homes um, as we go out. We live for you. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. All right.